0: Welcome to the Above out Podcast, the only AA meeting worth attending. In the- I'm your host Lake, and with all me as always is Tanum. what's how's it going? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. It's been a crazy month. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today, so I guess we'll get right into it. Um, oh, uh, obligatory Valentine's Day episode. We're going. Watch out for our uh, top five videos of Valentine's Day activities, followed by top five Toronto public bathrooms. Completely related subject. <laughs> right Tanum, what uh, what are uh, I know we've talked about Valentine's Day before and your thoughts on it, but uh, have your thoughts changed as the year's gone on?
1: No, same same, same as uh, they were in high school. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you have a relationship, I guess it's, it's mandatory. For me, it seems one-sided, definitely something corporate-related, but, I mean, like, it's my thought. Uh, I've had some good Valentine's, some not so much. I guess it depends on expectations on the person you're with, too, also. So, I mean...
0: Well, I mean, I me being uh, the sadist that I am, I, I'm i only interested <laughs> in the bad Valentine's Days. But in my opinion, every uh, every Valentine's Day is a bad Valentine's Day because February sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. Uh, Valentine's Day is pretty bad. See, February being Black History Month is just like some fucking racist bullshit because it's the shortest month and it it sucks. Like, if we lived in Australia and february was black history month like you no know, that's a little different you, know, you, you get like a sunny month but i don't know that's that. that's what I'm, I'm kidding of course obviously it's mlk's birthday and i think yeah. abraham lincoln's birthday if i'm not yeah. mistaken but yeah i think that's why lbj chose it but yeah valentine's i mean yeah obviously all holidays that aren't statutory holidays are just invented by marketing because like who else decides that this is going to be a holiday hallmark the cards company still exists i think so i had to do card shopping but like i don't know if they were like hallmark cards i mean I, i know they have their own channel but i don't remember them i don't remember seeing them oh yeah someone once told me i was like you know good looking enough to star in a hallmark movie channel which was like so almost a compliment. That kind of compliment. Yeah, yeah, it's like, "Oh, you're not like movie star attractive, but you're like passable for like C-list movies." <laughs> I guess that's pretty good.
1: <laughs> I mean, they do recycle a lot of their same actors for those Hallmark movies.
0: Yeah, how do you even tell them apart? My girlfriend loves watching Hallmark Christmas movies. Like that's that's like a whole thing. And, and they're never good. Like, like no one actually enjoys a Hallmark Christmas it's the only thing
1: on too like on Valentine's and Christmas there's just like cheesy rom-coms so of in that fashion
0: well see that's that's why love actually is the perfect movie it's both a Valentine's movie and a Christmas movie it could work as both it's the only movie you ever need. <laughs> The only
1: one. Did you ever have, um, like, any special things in, in high school when you were there? Like, for Valentine's like For us, we had little, like, treats and shit that you can get, like,
0: your girlfriends or whatever. I think you're overestimating how cool I was in high school.
1: No, but I mean your school.
0: Oh. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. It was a... It was a
1: school thing for
0: us. Yeah, no, I really can't remember. High school is just, like, one big repressed memory. Like, I'm sure... Like, and it's... I I also just don't want to think about how long ago that is now like <laughs> yeah know, it being like 10 year over 10 years ago now I mean you're not that old I know but still like it now being a decade of out of high school is like now it feels like a long ass time you, you you know you you always look at pictures of your, of your parents and just think like oh man how could people dress like that in the 80s and then you know, we wore fucking <laughs> frosted tips and, you know, neon-colored leggings and, I don't know, flame decals on everything. It was just a mess. We all dressed like Guy Fieri in the two that Yeah,
1: I remember, um yeah Valentine's little gifts, and then some of the girls would, like, get jealous because they didn't have boyfriends who would give them gifts, so they would buy gifts for their friends, and then, like be a part of it so that was kind of sad
0: see the fucking corporate exploitation machine killed them like you know oh man we ran out of coupled people to you know shake down for money now we gotta like start like tapping into the economy of single people to keep valentine's day going
1: (laughs) so you'd see all these girls with like gifts and i'm like and they're all single because they got each other gifts because they felt
0: Nice. I mean, like, you know, not that I'm one to talk, but like being single is not that bad. I mean, like the like, I mean, the consolation prize of being single is that you don't have to do anything on Valentine's Day. You can just like stay at home and play Xbox all day. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what single people do on Valentine's Day. See, I was smart. I my anniversary is Valentine's Day. I combined them into one. So now I don't have to buy separate gifts. I'm a genius. <laughs> I cheated the system.
1: Were um, were hickeys big in, in high school for you?
0: Or like university? Gross. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, not, not in high school. So this is like, again, I was not cool in high school. So maybe they were, and I just didn't know being the nerd that I was. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, high school... Again, high school is just like bad, mess. yeah, they were big, not big, but I mean, like that
1: was one of the ways that girls like showed off that they were in a relationship, and
0: oh you you just like bruise each other,
1: right, but I mean, the guys wouldn't show it off, it was just the girls, and I remember I was in I, sh- I guess I should have been nicer once, but this was like university, and this girl like asked me for Hickey that I was with, and then like we went to the mall once and She, like, blatantly just, during, like, Toronto winters, like, took off her jacket and, like, showed off her hickey. I'm like, you know, adults don't show off hickeys, right? And, like, she totally got embarrassed.
0: (laughs) See, my, that that was always my thing. It was, like, that was just, like, the thing you didn't want people right. to see you know when you were out in public like especially when you were like going to visit people's parents or whatever i don't know It's just it it's just like yeah. too visible of a symbol that you were just getting it on like it's it's a weird one it was just
1: funny that like the guys wouldn't care even if they had it like they wouldn't brag about it but all the women would and like just show it off to like all their friends and well
0: it was funny because like guys would make fun of each other yeah. if they had them it was like haha look at that. it but it like it's basically just being like haha, you're getting laid ha 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 like high school's really dumb <laughs> like but you know all of the bullshit we made fun of each other uh, that we made fun of each other for in high school is dumb like it's like haha, you have different clothes you don't you don't have this piece of clothing that's going to be embarrassingly dumb in like five years it's crazy to think that a lot of the things that you
1: face in high school you would think was the end of the world and then like realize after like university like what the fuck was i so worried about no
0: i know so like you, you know high school kids you just need to realize none of your problems actually matter yep it's like at all and there and no one has any respect for them and you will also understand this I guess that's everything. Everything's like 10 years from now, like if you're like, you know, all your problems at work or with relationships. Yeah, you're one to compare to in high school. I mean, high school especially, obviously. Yeah. Because like, you know, high school, I feel like high school bullshit is because no one has any money and like no one has accomplished anything. So like no one can like it. so you have to like show off stupid bullshit that you didn't even buy yourself or you did but like with your parents money so it, like it all feels like very small and stupid
1: it's like yeah my parents make more than you huh? which i mean you know that is pretty sweet but you're showing it off based on what you're getting bought
0: yeah no fair enough yeah no exactly like you you didn't you are you not at all responsible for this <laughs> yeah yeah. well i mean yeah it's like uh it's like how de beers invented like diamond engagement gotta save that uh, three months it's not like it, it's a it's a company invented holiday which you know you can't yeah you can't treat it like that because you, you know everyone now everyone does it so there's like the social pressure to do it and you can't be like the one dick who doesn't it should have
1: i mean but at least uh 2021 has been a record-breaking year of breakups and divorces that. Five million.
0: Oh god like just because like everyone's locked inside or some shit yeah
1: based on well a lot of things like could be mental health could be isolation of covid just reality check on life like people are dying and they deserve better so like fuck
0: this i'm not gonna be in this relationship might as well like it just puts everything in perspective yeah pretty much and it's like oh shit i could die tomorrow i can't die with this fucking guy <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah yeah that's funny because um, you were saying like before the show, like your your mom's a divorce lawyer. Your your buddy's mom's a divorce lawyer. Buddy's mom's yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, and they and they've like experienced like a bump in business because of this. Uh, actually,
1: twenty twenty, so like first year, oh, yeah. it's the
0: beginning of quarantine,
1: business went up like thirty percent, and oh, then okay. there was articles this year of like five million canadian just like getting divorced or breakups also starting new jobs or quitting their
0: jobs so that kind of makes sense is your buddy's mom the divorce lawyer divorced no she isn't oh well i mean fucking obviously because who would <laughs> like who would ever try to divorce a divorce like that's that that's just suicide you're just like I mean, she's making a lot more money now so No, I know. But like, if you, if you marry a divorce lawyer, you got to know like, shit, this isn't like a regular marriage where I can just get divorced and like, I'll be fine. Like, this is like, all my stuff is going to be gone. If I if I try to divorce this person, messed up a little bit, messed up I guess psychologically to have a
1: job where people's lives are kind of ending and you kind of make profit. Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess any job like in emergency services is kind of like that, where you just like see people at their worst. Cops uh, kind of act as like an occupying force, you you know, and like don't like see themselves as part of the community. But like on the other hand, like if all like just through selection bias, if all you see of a community is the worst parts of it like why would you want to be part of that community at all but like similarly if you're a divorce lawyer like why like if all you ever see is divorce you got to think it must make you think like you know most marriages fucking suck why would i do this i mean this could be the same thing also if you run like a funeral home yeah no true funeral home people are also like you know like the nicest people on earth because like they have to be like you can't be like yeah. impatient and shitty with people if you're a divorce lawyer. Or sorry, if you're a a funeral home person cuz like, you know, you're you have to like extract money from people when they're like at their worst. So I feel like there's like there's like a certain level of tact you need as like a as like a funeral home person. Like I couldn't I couldn't be like a person who works with funerals cuz like that's just that's not me. I don't think I can like handle dealing with fragile people all the time trauma of it (laughs) yeah yeah like i just wouldn't be helpful (laughs) yeah it also yeah like you said it would also just traumatize me on a lighter note i thought it'd be like wouldn't it be really funny if you had like if your divorce lawyer was like the saddest divorce dad ever he was was like all right you guys let's let's flush this out i gotta i really gotta make all this money to pay my ex-wife's alimony (laughs) I'm I'm just fucking cr- like if you you just clearly got like a raw deal from his own divorce and it just makes you start to rethink. Oh shit, should we have hired this guy? This is now feeling like a bad decision. But um, uh, a lot of the a lot of the stats on divorce that people like bust out are kind of misleading in the sense that like people will say like oh like almost half of people get divorced but apparently like i i think that's like if you compare like the divorce rate versus uh the marriage rate the divorce rates about like i I think it's like half the marriage rate so people presume that it's like half of all marriages end in divorce which is like kind of true but like only in the sense that people who get remarried and divorced multiple times And they kind of drive up the statistic. But like first marriages more often than not work out fine. Just so everyone knows and doesn't lose their faith in, uh, you know, humanity in general. But um, yeah, it's most you're much more likely your second and third marriages are actually much more likely to fail first marriages just because like if you've been through a divorce like there's a greater odds that there's something wrong with you or you know at the very least you like don't have any compulsions against it's the serial divorcers who like drive up the statistics but like you know it, it it's necessary i remember there was like i i was a uh, I i was witness to like an awkward like around the table thanksgiving type conversation where like uh an older member of my family was saying that like oh i don't think people should get divorced but like you know she herself was on her second marriage and like was (laughs) married to a guy who'd been divorced and but like i I think people just don't realize that like sometimes you just need to get divorced like sometimes people aren't aren't supposed to be happy and like you know your marriage is unsalvageable I, oh, I actually learned something this weekend. So, have you ever heard that like marriage counselors aren't supposed to tell you to get divorced? Like do you ever see bad moms where like uh you, you had Wanda Sykes there and she was like now, I'm a marriage counselor, so I'm not supposed to tell you to get divorced. But, uh, but apparently that's not true. Marriage counselors will tell you to get divorced all the time. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I shouldn't say that because I feel like there's like a lot of do- like a lot of dudes who won't go to marriage counseling because they're like, no, no, they're just going to tell my wife to get divorced from. Me. And yes, yes, they will. Yes, they will, Tom. <laughs> they will tell you to get divorced. I'm sorry to say.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're seeing a marriage counselor. Like, you're already kind of halfway there
0: maybe but like not necessarily it's not necessarily unsavable if a husband says divorce like uh five times or maybe it's three times i think it's five times then like that legally counts as divorce so if you like call your wife and you're like divorce 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 then like it's a le- that is a legally binding divorce in in some cultures yeah. Which I think is hilarious because it's like the Beetlejuice law of divorce. Like, you know, you say Beetlejuice three times, he'll, he'll summon him. So if you say divorce five times, you would like <laughs> summon divorce. <Yeah. laughs> it can happen. Yeah. I just, I like the idea that like, you know, curses are like legally binding. I, I think there should be more like legally binding curses. Like, just like, I curse your credit score. Or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, speaking of divorced dads, um, there's like a whole horde of truckers uh, just descending on Ottawa recently. They're all divorced, huh? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, like, why do you think truckers are always serial killing? They're divorced. They're angry. <laughs> they're always on the road and they're lonely. Exactly. So, you know, they chop people to bits and exchange methamphetamine for blowjobs. I'm kidding, truckers. I love it's you. True. But... Uh, Don't kill me. I think that's going to stop in the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, of course. Like everyone's it's the same thing with everything. Like everyone eventually just gets bored and goes home. Right. Yeah. The one thing I thought was funny, like not in like a, oh, I'm so outraged kind of way, but just in a way that was funny. Apparently, like so like the truckers are like protesting vaccine mandates for uh, for truckers that uh, uh, the government implemented, which is apparently like having some impact on supply chain. Yep. The uh, the funniest part was like when they went to the statue of Terry Fox and like dressed him up in like their signs and shit. But I'm just like, you know, not that I'm super mad at them about it. It's just like, you know, Terry Fox dedicated his life to funding medical research. I don't know if he, and you know, was an immunocompromised man. So... I don't know that he'd be, like, that sympathetic to the cause of not getting vaccinated. That just seems antithetical to his life's work. It's just a very weird... No, no, Terry Terry Fox is not happy. I didn't realize, you know, how young Terry Fox was. Like, Terry Fox was, like, in his, like, was, like, 20 when he ran across Canada. He was only, like, 22 when he died. So I'm, like, now it's substantially older than that. It's just... I I, I didn't think I I never thought about that before, but it kind of makes him, you know, that much more impressive that he did that at an age when, you know, most of us haven't like graduated university. So it's a pretty remarkable character in that sense, you know, other than the obvious, the obvious remarkability of running across like half of Canada on a single leg. Like that's that's pretty impressive. I don't I don't think I could run like a single marathon on two legs. So you know that's a, let alone one. Yeah, he's he's just a uh, one upping me there. But can you imagine like Terry Fox in a different country? Terry Fox only works in Canada. Like he's like I am gonna walk. I am gonna run across the whole five thousand kilometer mosquito riddled bad weather length of Canada. Whereas, like, Belgian, fucking, a Belgian (laughs) Terry Fox would be like, I am going to run the entire two days from Brussels to Antwerp. I I just feel like you wouldn't get as much funding if you ran across Belgium. It's not as dramatic
1: as uh, Canada.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, Terry Fox could only be, you know, Canadian, Russian, Australian, maybe Chinese oh yeah chinese uh brazilian you know what there should be a brazilian terry fox like it should run a, r- along like the whole like humid hot jungly coastline of brazil you know for i don't know or south african uh... it's uh, south africa's all like temperate and shit though like that's uh, i don't know south africa seems like one of the easier countries to run across like whereas brazil is like sweaty and humid has the amazon and shit like if you you ran a if you ran across fucking brazil like east west wise that would be an achievement i don't even think there's roads that you know will take you that far into the interior at least not paved ones all right there we go it's decided we need a brazil like to cure covid we need a brazilian terry fox like you know just run from like rio de janeiro to like manaus on like a ventilator or some shit get a guy with long covid to run through brazil it can't be like it's got to be like an intimidating ass country otherwise it's it doesn't work it, you can't have you gotta one-up him exactly you can't have uh, it, it, those are like there's only like five countries you could do it in unless you did like multiple countries in a row okay you know what i'll say like any country in the sahara desert that would be an impressive Terry Fox run. Like, even if it's a small one, like, you know, Molly isn't like, I guess Molly's kind of big, but like, you know, if you ran across, it's not as big as Canada, but if you ran across Mali, like all the way through like the Sahel and the Sahara, that that's, that's fucking impressive. That, that is like one disease cured impressive. Anyway. So yeah. So the truckers, instead of wandering around Ottawa and honking should be running across Brazil. (laughs) <laughs> if they want all this COVID business to be over.
1: They'll be spreading their COVID, though. <laughs> and everybody will hate media.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, never mind. I didn't even think of that. You probably shouldn't have, like, <laughs> a run from city to city spreading your germs in the middle of COVID. Yeah, I guess Terry Fox's thing only worked because you know cancer is by and large non-communicable never mind never mind terry fox your your shit is like you can't really transfer that to other diseases yeah but you, you know you made it to thunder bay on one leg i wouldn't even go to thunder bay in a car like i i complained about driving to thunder bay as being too tiring. so you know good on you sorry that you know, some trucker dudes desecrated your, um, your monument there. Apparently truck driving is like the most common job in America. More people have the job of truck driving than like any other job, which, you know, that's going to be, you know, people talk about automation, but you know, if we ever automate, if we actually ever automate trucks, like that's, that's going to be pretty fucked up. Like that'll be, that'll have like huge social consequences. Cause like you know used to be like guys would get with like a certain level of yeah. education would you know be able to work in factories and then after that one of the only well-paying jobs that like blue-collar guys could have was like driving trucks. But once that gets taken away, like what the fuck are we gonna do? You know it, it'll it'll end up being like those fucking coal mining towns in West Virginia where the mine got shut down and like. You know, now they're just like case studies in lawsuits to Purdue because like a tenth of the population is addicted to opiates because like Purdue just like fucking flooded their uh, their their town with those. Do you do you see um uh, the pharmacist on Netflix? I did see it. It was pretty good. Yeah, I know. It was really good. Uh, For those who haven't seen it, uh, definitely check it out. It's um, uh, Tanim, you want to run them through the synopsis? Essentially about
1: the opioid uh, epidemic crisis. Um, It's been going on for decades, actually, especially if you're into sports. You usually get prescribed uh, some kind of pain meds. If you're injured and you're making a million dollars and you take these drugs and you get addicted to them and they don't really highlight or promote or showcase how addictive they are and people lose their lives from it so it just highlights uh, pharmacists that prescribe these
0: drugs and make millions for their companies and and, uh, and it's a you know one ph- one heroic pharmacist's journey to stop uh pill mills in the u.s so but yeah, the thing I found most surprising is, it it kind of centers around uh, this town in Louisiana, where, like Tanum said, like people get injured. But like you, in the case of this town, like they're usually not athletes; they're just like you know guys who work manual labor jobs. They'll like injure their back and then get a prescription for opiates so they can keep working. Yeah, the thing that kind of blew me away was that I don't know, I don't know if I'm alone here, but. Uh, I I thought of the opiate crisis as beginning in, like, 2010-ish, like, with all the high-profile deaths of Brint, and who, who's the actor guy who overdosed? Um, Philip Seymour Hoff, you know, just those guys who, uh, yeah, just had accidental overdoses, and, uh, like, to in my mind uh the opiate crisis of two thousand ten thing but apparently it's it's kind of just been on a steady uptick since like the two like the early early 2000s like bill clinton is still president 2000s and it just it, it did start to like spike in like 2012 2013 kind of thing like just on the back of synthetic opiates um or opioids like uh, fentanyl and, uh, tramadol, uh, which were a lot stronger. And apparently part of that was that there was a bit of a decline in prescribed opiates like, uh, methadone and Oxycontin, uh, just because they started shutting down pill mills. So people, you know, switched over to heroin and then the Mexican drug war meant that like a lot of people started cutting heroin with fentanyl and other synthetic opiates, which were a lot stronger and then overdose deaths kind of shot up. Like, it comes in waves, like uh, the Oxycontin phase is like 1999 to like 2010, then a lot of addicts get cut off, start switching to heroin, and then, you know, because they're not familiar with the drug, heroin deaths just like spike, and then uh, the Mexican drug war disrupts the supply of heroin, and then um, synthetic opiate deaths uh, surpass heroin in like 2015-ish, which correct me if i'm wrong 2000, i think it's 2015 2016 when we start to like lose all those celebrities to um to drug overdoses
1: yeah because a lot of times huge money business you cut certain drugs with other ones like fentanyl
0: so no yeah definitely like no it's just it's 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 sad like it's sad that it's you, you know just people's lack of familiarity with the strength of it and uh in the show, like the pharmacist who uh, kind of rails against uh, pill mills uh, and, like, you know, them get, giving people OxyCont, he kind of wonders at the end whether he did anything good just because a lot of people. Well, like, you know, the government shut down the pill mills, but they didn't really do anything else to help the addicts. So, you know, you just had a bunch of people switching to heroin who were unfamiliar with the drug and you know just kind of started off as as like too high of a dose and then died so it was it was pretty it's pretty sad but the thing that struck me was like the early 2000 the early to late 2000 just like the whole odds you, you remember like the drug like the fucking uh anti drug people coming to your school and like anti drug psas and like all of it and like the odds was meth like People were fucking terrified of meth in the odds. And, and yet, like, it wasn't what was killing everyone. It was, like, crooked doctors prescribing people OxyContin. It's, it's looking back at all, like, the anti-meth advertisements, it, it, like, almost seems quaint. All the shit about Breaking Bad yeah. and, oh, meth is the worst thing ever for you, and it, it's, like, the worst drug ever invented, and if you try it once, you're gonna, like turn into, like, a pock-faced zombie who, like, turns tricks for, for your next hit. Or
1: I mean, it is bad.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely bad, but um, the funny part was is, like, they found in studies that, like, there was a stigma to methamphetamine, like, even among drug addicts, and it was really weird, because, like, there's, a, like, a whole class thing about meth, like, you know, because meth is cheap, it's for poor people, so... Like meth is dirty, but like meth is not actually worse for you than cocaine. The worst drug for you is heroin. Like by or and opiates in general, people were kind of kidding themselves with the anti-meth hysteria. Like not that meth isn't bad for you. It's just like re- remember the remember the, all the anti-crack shit. Like people would say like oh crack is like a thousand times stronger and a million times more addictive than cocaine. But that's just like. You know politicians coping with the fact that like no no my cocaine habit is fine it's crack that's bad even though like crack and cocaine are really just the same drug just you know in different forms like the active ingredient in both is still cocaine it's just remember everyone doing cocaine you are actually doing crack and you are kidding yourself Really like the root of all the evil of this is that there's just like a lot of, there's a lot of guys in the U S where, you know, they'd benefit from like a surgical fix to whatever problem they have. Like, you know, if they're a roofer, they're bending down a lot, carrying heavy loads and you know, their knees give out when they start to get older and you know, their insurance isn't going to pay a hundred thousand dollars for a knee replacement surgery. They'd must, they'd much rather... You know pay for a two dollar dose of oxycontin for the rest of their lives y- you know it's it's sad because like it's less profitable to make people functional like at least as the medical system works now yeah just give them a pill and they'll be, they'll be good yeah no but like you know for how much for how long for the rest of your life that's the thing like it's 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 so short-sighted because like You know, once you're addicted to it, then how long is it until you start like upping the dosage and then, you know, you accidentally overdose because like, you you know, what you're treating your pain with, you know, you start to get and it's not it's not their fault. Like, it's not like they're trying to take the opiates to feel good. Like, it's just that with the pain that they have, like opiates lose their strength after a while. So to treat the pain, you kind of just have to take more and more to feel normal.
1: Yeah, or you, or you build the tolerance and you just kind of chase that high of doing more and then the fuck's up. Yeah.
0: No, exactly. Yeah. You ever hear um, Lemmy, uh, the lead singer of Motorhead, talk about heroin? Uh, no, what do you say? Oh, so like, so like Lemmy's done a lot of drugs in his life. Like he's done a lot of acid and speed and cocaine and you know a lot of other shit like he's done a lot of drugs in his life but he, he said like I, i've never done heroin uh because it's too easy to fuck up like you know it's too easy to fuck up and overdose on it and you know if you'll notice like very few people who die from drug abuse die of anything else like it's almost all like you know heroin or uh, you know prescription opiates that kills people but he said uh it must be fucking fantastic because people destroy their lives over. you know it's just it's liquid happiness <laughs> but, uh, you know it's a, it's a sad irony that uh there, there, there's almost something poetic about that that you know too much happiness could cause so much misery i feel like lao Tzu would uh, have something to say about that but has
1: he done ivermectin <laughs>
0: I don't think it was invented by then, but, you know, he probably should have because I'm sure, like, everyone, like, before the 1800s just had loads of parasites.
1: I mean, that's the rage now. It's the uh, go-to drug.
0: Well, it it was... So, it was weird because there was, like... So, I'm going to, like, construct this whole argument just to not give Joe (laughs) Rogan any credit. (laughs) Because, like, apparently... Um, there is a study, um, uh, so yeah, apparently there's, uh, like a Japanese pharmaceutical company called KoaCo Limited said that they did a study that showed that there's an antiviral effect of ivermectin in, like, a joint, in joint testing with, uh, Kitasato University in Tokyo. Here's the thing. Joe Rogan has, like, now gone out and said, like, oh, see, I wasn't an idiot a wh- the whole time. <laughs> Because, you know, now it's being shown that ivermectin has some antiviral properties. But I'm going to take the position that no. It is precisely because now the research is showing anti-COVID potential that it does make you an idiot to have taken it previously. Because, like, back then there was no real scientific basis for taking ivermectin as like a COVID cure. Like it was just like, you know, a rumored thing among scientists that they were testing. It was not a good idea to take it. Like, you know, so you're not vindicated in the sense that you had like no real basis to think that it would work. More importantly, like it was, you know, ivermectin, like any drug, isn't like safe to take in large quantities and if you're self-medicating you're almost certainly like not going to take the correct amount appropriate for antiviral properties so and we you, you know the study has not been released yet the one by uh, COA so we don't know how effective it is against covid at all as of you know when we're recording this it's it's not advisable <laughs> to take something like that when it's just like a rumor it could cure you because you, you know that's how you end up blind from taking too much of this shit because like like we said um like like we've been talking about like the first half of the show with like opiates is that like you know even if something's an effective medication or can be prescribed it could still be dangerous so like self-medicating is a really dumb thing to do so you know joe rogan you are still an idiot for taking ivermectin for your covid that was that was still a dumb decision and like pointing out that only that like now it's a cure like now or now the research shows that it can treat covid like that means back then there was no research which means it was dumb i mean but he did take it with
1: a bunch of other drugs
0: too so no i know i know it's just like he's pretending like he was some kind of genius the whole time but it's like dude you didn't you did not do any research into that like someone just some dude on the internet just told you and like you were, and you, and you did it. So like my position on it is it's still done. But so like he's been, uh, apparently he's, like just apologize. I I don't know what he specifically apologized for. I didn't read his apology, but apparently he's apologized for like apparently spreading covid misinformation on a show that caused like for some reason all these like 1960s boomer rockers <laughs> to to like leave Spotify like Joni Mitchell and Neil Young. Like it's just it's a, it's weird that it's them. Though I guess like, you know, they're old, so like they actually have to worry about covid. So like do you think that's it or
1: um some of it i don't know if he i guess it was good that he apologized but i mean i don't think he needed to he just brought on different people with different backgrounds in the scientific community that regular media weren't interviewing and Uh, he just got their opinions that weren't you know cohesive or the popular opinion and people took
0: shit for it well the thing i've seen like him criticized for like the most is not that he um would, it, it's not like necessarily like the people he brought on who like said like oh don't get vaccinated just take ivermectin uh just fucking you don't you don't need to quarantine that sort of thing like it, it, apparently like that's not it it's more like you know the shit he's said like on his show like as opposed to the guests like y- y- you know he had this whole debate um he he got into like. A debate with josh zeps who's like you know a little more um informed on it and like you know took the pro-vaccination position which you know like you said he to his credit he brought on he brought on like pro-vaccine people onto his show and like aired the show so you know which is yeah. big of a, and has since said that you know the debate made him look dumb which yeah, like I, and I think, like you know, to his credit, like I, he knows he's not an expert on things. Yeah, he says it a lot. Yeah, no, and but then it, it, it kind of brings the brings up this question, like you know, if you have such a large audience, like do you have uh, like any sort of responsibility, you know, not just like bring on well-informed, smart people to like share their research and shit but like do you have a responsibility to be super informed and be super researched on these subjects like just because you have so many people who listen to you
1: i mean you can't be an expert at everything so i mean one of the things he said that he's they're they're gonna like add disclaimers before podcasts so like you know people know like this is just an opinion like do your own fucking research from other people as well to so you're not
0: misinformed. Which fair enough, but like, how many people do that? Like, I I feel like like, and part like I think part of the problem is like Joe Rogan's. A lot of Joe Rogan's audience will like do what he does, which is like not do their research, and like the extent of their opinion on something is going to be like they heard some shit somewhere, and that somewhere is going to be the Joe Rogan podcast. Like you know, Joe Rogan will hear will hear shit from other people in other places, but like. You, you know like that that's my point like it, if he's like that and he doesn't do his research on you, you know on covid subjects and then has shows about them you know how can we expect the audience to i i don't necessarily i don't it's not that i expect the guy to um it's not that i expect the guy to fucking you, you know do a phd before he speak you know hosts anyone or speaks on any subject but like you you know i share my dumb asshole opinions on this here very podcast (laughs) but you know i and you know obviously i don't i don't i don't think he should like be taken off air like you know anything like that i i do think like if you reach a large audience you you should think about what you say at the like you have, you have a responsibility to like, at the very least, like think like, what could the impact of what could be the impact of what I say? and i get that that's like a hard thing to do because like you know you're not thinking like when, when we're doing this we're not thinking like oh we're we're talking to like a huge wide audience like we're thinking like this is just a conversation and you don't really have conversations in terms of like what you have the responsibility to say i get why he i get why he is the way he is and why he like you know wouldn't you know think necessarily think too hard about what he says on the show but like i think you know he should be cautious too and he has said he will but it's something to keep in mind like if if you're not going to do your research your audience isn't going to (laughs)
1: <laughs> the, the disclaimer thing is good. I I think just most people should also to listen to him should get other opinions.
0: No, definitely. Like, and, and part of it is like where I have tr- like having other people, certain people on the program, like let's say controversial opinions is like. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a tricky one because you don't if you if you bring on people with like fringe opinions about a certain subject and present it as though like you know there are two sides of like there there are two sides to this argument it kind of gives like a false impression of legitimacy to like you know one side of the argument yeah it it gives it gives a fault if you weigh uh like two opinions on a subject equally it implies like the two opinions are equally valid which you know is the case in a lot of cases like like what religion is correct like that's that's something you'd probably have to have like you'd want a lot of diverse opinions on but when it's like are vaccines good or are vaccines bad or is evolution real or you know you know shit like that where like like it's not actually like equally valid opinions like in terms of their factuality Uh, factuality isn't it's not like equally valid opinions in terms of their scientific merit like kind of giving equal airtime can kind of give the false impression that like they're both equally valid i don't want to restrict anyone and like what they can do and like whose opinion they can air but it's like you know i i wouldn't want to uh, i i wouldn't want to give people the impression that like something that's clearly wrong is like just as good as this like well-researched scientific fact kind of thing. yeah but you don't
1: really know which one is right until you actually dive into it
0: no yeah, yeah. and like it like that's the problem like um like i'm thinking of like two very sp- like specific examples and i'm not saying like you can't debate th- these things like but I think like, you know, there, like, I, I'm thinking of this in, entirely in terms of like, not in like, not like legality, but just like the ethics of it all. If I know something to have a scientific basis, like, I think I feel a responsibility that I shouldn't give equal weight to something that does not, especially with regards to like, if I like having an anti-vaxxer scientist. And like a provax scientist like on a show kind of falsely implies that like their views are like equally scientifically based, which, which like they are, you, you know, it, it, like you said, it's the then where you where do you draw the line? Cause you know, sometimes science isn't actually settled. Like they're there's like in physics there's like huge debates over you know like string theory versus uh i don't know other other theories of like the nature of existence and because it's not because it's all uh hypotheses it, it's it's not actually settled so as of now like yes all opinions on it are kind of equally valid it's a very difficult line to draw like over what is scientifically valid and what isn't like i i i know it when i see it but Um, I I couldn't exactly give you, like, a perfect criteria. So, yeah, Joe Rogan was still dumb to take the ivermectin. (laughs) But he survived. But he did survive. See, that's, that's part of the problem with COVID is, like, you know, there's a whole survivorship bias. So, like, dudes will say, like, oh, COVID's not that bad. I survived. And it's like, okay, but if you didn't survive, you wouldn't be here to fucking talk about it it, that and brag that you did survive and and, you know it's like it's deadly like killing one killing one percent of the population is is deadly it's it's not quite so deadly that like such huge numbers of people uh will die that it'll make it immediately obvious to people that it's dangerous like just in the sense that if if you if you have a one percent chance of dying of something then 99% of people are going to make it out and be like, oh, it wasn't so bad the whole time. And and I think it's going to give, it gives like a false impression of how dangerous something is. Cause like, you know, our monkey brains aren't very good at math. You know, a disease that kills, you know, only 1% of its victims might sound not that bad, but like only 2% ish of people die every year. So If you add a whole extra percent, that's essentially like increasing the death rate by 50%. So that's actually quite substantial. But it's not like the plague where, you know, it kills like half of everyone. I assume back in the Middle Ages, you know, there wasn't there weren't people saying like, oh, I got the plague and survived and it wasn't that bad. All this plague business. It's all big alchemy. <laughs> it's all hoax. All, uh, 5G yeah, it's all it's all chips. the fucking 5G that will be invented in, in a thousand years that's that's causing the <laughs> plague. <laughs> Man, I I feel like it would be way better to be a, a raving lunatic in the olden days rather than these days. Cause if you're like super schizophrenic and like had visions and shit and heard voices in your head. In a hunter-gatherer society, I feel like people would just be like, oh man, this pro- this guy probably is talking to spirits and shit. Like, this, he will be our new shaman. Whereas like, now it's like, here's your medication, stop being a shaman. Put a lot of good schizophrenics out of work. I always wondered if like, you, you know, paranoid people are always like, oh, the CIA is yeah. watching me. I, I always just imagine like a caveman who had that same paranoia and was just like... Oh, uh, the CIA is watching us. It's like Grog. What the hell are you talking about? What's the CIA? It's like, oh, you'll find out. You'll find out. Yes, and Grog was right. Grog, uh, Grog warned all of us, and we didn't listen. Grog, go, Grog. <laughs> oh yeah. I-, I also wanted to talk about. I'd like to announce to the audience that the subreddit Two Balkan for You has been banned. So our our source of Balkan racism is gone. Damn it. Yeah. You ever go on uh, too Balkan for you? I have not. <laughs> it, it's great. It, it's just like constant white-on-white racism. Like, they'll be like, oh, fucking Westerners with their 23andmes are just like, oh, wow, I'm sixteenth Irish. Top of the morning to you. Whereas, like, Balkan people, it's like, I'm using 23 and Me so I can kill myself if I have, like, even 1% of, like, neighboring countries genes <laughs> it's just just shit like that it's it's a little more uh it's a little more hardcore but uh the funny thing i learned about it all is like you know the balkans are very much on the on the level of racism where like y- you know where we were like a hundred years ago where it's like anti other kinds of white people racism fuck you for being albanian or slovenian or serbian yeah. or whatever so i i really thought that that was going to mean they would be more racist generally but um all right there, there was a new uh study by um harvard university about people's racial biases against black people across europe and it turns out serbia is like the least racist country towards black people in all all of europe which is amazing (laughs) like their whole attitude on race is that like oh well he's black but at least he's not croatian just like it's it's so alien to me or it's so alien to like north american racism where like you know it evolved from like you know people hating on the irish and italians to just everyone deciding (laughs) those guys were white and like everyone just being racist to black people whereas like you know serbs have this like transcendent racism where they're only racist towards other kinds of white people it's amazing it's like it's truly an achievement you need more serbian friends exactly so see that's the sad part like there's no more balkan memes so you, you know we're shit out of luck so we can't be exposed to this weird alien world of foreign racism (laughs) speaking of which like the most racist uh country towards black people is the czech republic it as it turns out portugal and italy are like substantially more racist than like the rest of western europe which i thought was kind of (laughs) weird Just because, like, Portugal, like, founded Brazil and Cape Verde, which are, like, you know, largely mixed black and white countries. You know, not that colonization or enslaving people makes you less racist. It really doesn't. But, like, I don't know. It just it's weird for them to like have such a pronounced anti-black bias given their history or maybe because their history who knows it it was just weird like that it's so much worse than like france or britain or germany so yeah good for you serbia you're the only you're, you're you're the highest oh and slovenia came in second place so good for you heard it here first serbia is the least racist country in europe at least in terms of black or white on black racism, but they're they've channeled all their energy into like white on white racism. So Jesus Christ, what a shit show! <laughs> oh, the Balkans. Like, but it's funny how they slip through the cracks because, like, I feel like you know Reddit being an American company is more is probably their censors are probably more in tune with like American racism, where you you know it's a little more about like black white uh or white on black racism yeah it, it, it's just it's funny because like you know they're making like on the subreddit they're making memes about like hating each other but like these guys were like actually killing each other like 25 years ago so you know it, it's just kind of weird and trippy and kind of dystopian that you know, they're all just on Reddit now making memes against each other. I mean, I prefer this to like you know open warfare, but yeah. still, that's a strange one. <laughs> anyway, speaking of race wars, um, <laughs> you you wanted to talk about uh, Microsoft buying Activision?
1: Uh, I mean, it's not really a big race war. Just
0: it's in fact, it's not a race war at all. <laughs>
1: Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard and then recently Sony bought Bungie that was a company that used to work at Activision and Microsoft. So
0: So wait, what what does Bungie make? They made Halo and like Destiny. Wait, hold on. Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. Wait, hold on. So you're telling me like now, wait, does does Microsoft own Halo independently or is that like a Bungie property that now like Sony is going to? Yes. Like the last one? So it's kind of like,
1: uh, let me date your ex-girlfriend just to, <laughs> for the fun of it.
0: So wait, Halo is now going to be like a PlayStation exclusive or some shit? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Man, the whole world is like turning upside down and it's making me glad that I switched to the far superior PC. Yeah,
1: it's kind of like a race war, just kind of like what Disney did with every big company, just buying up everything so that they can have a monopoly of the best games and platforms
0: ah okay and this is this is all fucking mixed up so like so what you're saying is like at some point in the future call of duty is going to become a uh an xbox exclusive or some shit yeah it will be shit well i mean i guess that's not so bad i haven't really played a fucking uh call of duty game in a long ass time because they uh they they just uh, they, they went a little crazy i gotta say yeah
1: i think uh releasing a game every year just kind of takes the appeal about it
0: away no def- oh yeah like i i just like the fucking uh, assassin's creed franchise you know after a certain point it's just like like i i don't i can't keep up i'm too old i can't i don't have time to play all these video games So I'm not going to pay attention. So yeah, that's (laughs) so And then you just like fall out of it and then you come back and find out like, oh shit, everything's in like ancient Greece and the like the Norse Viking period. You know, shit's all fucked up. So I, I can't even get back to into it now. Yeah. Yeah. So is your theory that this is just going to turn into like race um, war that, that this is just going to turn into like Disney where like one company owns everything? Pretty much. That's
1: what they're trying to do.
0: Ah. And it's like, it's the console. It's like this weird, horrible vertical integration thing, isn't it? Because it's like, now it's like the guys who make the systems buying up all the game studios.
1: Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's gonna do what they're doing now, where it's like, whatever company has that developer will just release their games earlier than the competing
0: competitors. So like,
1: you'll have an incentive to buy their console. Ah,
0: okay, yeah, that. Do you think this is going to have like a negative impact on game quality overall?
1: No, I mean, they're trying to
0: integrate them all together, especially with PC. So
1: I mean most console players jumped over to PC because that those games are available there and faster, better quality and graphics that it's not gonna be an issue because most of the
0: games now are on PC. Yes. Because PC is the best.
1: But yeah, I mean you never know. They're gonna release some new original IPs and that'll be like specific to that company, whether it's Sony or Xbox.
0: I mean, yeah, but no. No. I, I refuse to accept uh, that my uh that my fucking pc will be anything but greatly superior to uh to every other uh system. i mean but then they, they realize that they need to make their games if they need to want
1: profits to make it available for everyone
0: yeah that's fair but on the other hand like okay so wait do do game companies like so so microsoft and sony do you think they'll make more money selling systems or selling games definitely selling games okay Okay, so that makes sense. So that's why they have incentive to share the game so they'll like you know, they'll license it to like Sony will license Halo to Microsoft uh to let them have it on the Xbox and they'll make more money that way than like having Halo as an exclusive and having people buy the PlayStation kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah, I mean there's really not that big of a jump of console from console like what's better cuz they pretty much do the same shit.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, fair enough. I I gave up on the console wars. I mean, like Mostly because, like, now that I have my Steam library, I don't have to, like, worry about losing my game forever if it goes fucking, like, if, if the system just, like, goes away. So, I mean, that's good. Yeah. No, it, it's, uh, this all just makes me glad that I'm- are out of the game. I'm just, I'm out of the game, man. <laughs> I don't need to be part of this bullshit anymore. All good. I'm, I, I'm a PC refugee. Do we want to talk about the stupid uh, green M&M? <laughs> we, no, we, we really don't have to. Yeah, yeah, no. So, um, Tucker Carlson was, was mad that green M&M was less sexy now. So they put sneakers on. it. Yeah, she, oh, she's got fucking sneakers. Look, everyone, I, I'm just going to say that M&Ms are exactly as fuckable as they've always been. And that is to say not really
1: <laughs> you have no judgment you can you can like the i do. pudgy yellow one or the, the slender red brown one
0: no the the objective favorite eminem is the yellow one because he's played by jk simmons and he's goofy and lovable exactly but more importantly you know he's spider-man's boss and that's pretty cool
1: also, no one talks about the orange M and M. Gets left out because he's got peanut butter in him.
0: Wait, there's an orange M and M. Yeah. What's his deal? Is he like a pret? Is he one of the pretzel M and Ms? Or which one is he? I think so.
1: Yeah, he's got like the peanut butter. Oh, okay. one in him. I guess aren't
0: peanut butter M and Ms just like fucking Reese's Pieces or some bullshit? Uh,
1: yeah, they are. But in the M M&M and M brand.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fine. I mean, look, this is. I don't think this is going to impact sales my love of m&ms at all <laughs> they still have those good artificial colors which is all i care about like you you just need the artificial colors <laughs> And they taste yes, good. Yes, and they taste good. I don't know. It it may be marketing genius, if only because, you know, it's pretty stupid. Like all they did was change the shoes of the M&M. You know, now 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 we're talking about M&Ms. Like M&Ms are occupying way more of my brain capacity than they normally do. <laughs> but don't buy them. Don't buy M&Ms. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boycott boycott M&Ms. Make we want genders. Yes, M&Ms Make M&Ms have gender again. <laughs> yes. More genders for m What's the world? Uh, yeah, which I mean, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing to think about just like, oh yes, this M&M is a man. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that is just it's just kind of silly. I think it's funny uh yeah it's
1: gonna do it for us you can catch us on youtube all your social media platforms podcast underscore above on twitter and the above average podcast everyone else
0: all right see ya <laughs>